This episode is brought to you by Audible.com. Treat yourself to a free Audible trial by visiting audibletrial.com slash four orbs. Audible has over 180 titles to choose from on several different platforms. Try it today. Last time on the Four Orbs. Meryl, you sent someone's here? Yes, I have the scent I got. Yeah, it was them, but they're gone. They're trying to take magic from him somehow, and they're going to resurrect his body, and it's not going to end well. You start to float into the air. <laughs> Guys? Sisters come out of invisibility and just start laughing hysterically. And she kind of looks at it and screams and yells and just kind of falls onto her back and then passes out. I'm sure Palakul, Wuglite, and Yellowskins are there already. Lead the way. All right. The sun shines bright through River's End. You all find yourselves moving through the swamp with ease, as the sun has dried most of the area. Other than a hop here or a wade through some water there, the five of you and Balula Bub make good time through the marsh. Oddly, though, the scene of River's End doesn't appear to be as grim as it once was. Instead of creepy crawlies and snakes and other typically grotesque creatures, you see deer, jackrabbits, beavers... It's almost like overnight, River's Inn has changed. Daylight pierces through the canopy above in temple-like columns. You see flowers peeking out from their closed hideaways. Where the marsh was once a dreaded swamp, it seems a peace has passed over in a wave of rejuvenation. All of you feel like there is less danger moving through the marsh. And just as you're ready to stop to rest for a lunch at midday, you push through some brush and you get a good view of the swamp in several hundred yards ahead of you. Throughout this area, you see center points of what looks to have been a bunch of those explosions you saw from the boy in Arendor. Huge tree-sized vines stretch across the water in land mounds. You approach the vines and see little blooms of pink flowers branching off. All of you, including Balulabub, are somewhat entranced by the beauty of this entire scene on your trek to the large tree. Then you hear a moan to the side of you. A pitiful moan. You push and peek through a bush and you see a creature lay on its side. A column of sunlight shines upon this creature as it, as it lay staring off into nothingness. As you approach it to get a better look, it is a fox with snake skin, a monstrosity. You see two large fangs on its snout dripping of some sort of greenish-yellow venom. At first, you tense up afraid it might be hostile, but after just a second of fear, pity sweeps over all of you. It lets out a soft moan of pain, and you see from its feet it appears to be getting overwhelmed in that green fade. But unlike the boy in Arendor, the ground below it starts to suck it in like quicksand, keeping pace with the fade. You see a crystal tear form in the eye of the fox and drift down its oily snake skin. 
and after the ground completely envelops the fox snake monstrosity, vines slowly poke out of the ground and start to spread from that center point. They move towards you and slither through your legs. Those pink flowers sprout all over the vines as they push further out. And after about three minutes, the vines stop growing. The flowers stop dancing, and you feel the sun warm you all with a serenity you haven't felt for your entire lives. Life has come back to River's End. Well, that was weird. <laughs> How's your response to everything, <laughs> I thought it was kind of nice. Well, these flowers are pretty. I'm going to look at Balulabub. Okay. And say, so how much further is this uh, this big tree? Well, it's only a couple hours more. I mean, we can stop and eat for now. But it doesn't am... look like there's a lot of bugs around here. I don't see why we have to do this anyway. Everything is beautiful now. Let's just... Do what? You, you mean save the green skins? Well, I'm sh- I'm sure they're in a better mood now, right? Better, Look around. Better mood? I I don't think the mood of things is what the problem was. The mood I- the problem was that the grayskins imprisoned the greenskins. All I'm saying is maybe we can just go give them a little talking to, and we can smooth things over. Maybe. I mean, we we'll try that first, obviously, but. It would be so much more fun to smash the grayskins. Of course. Have you seen anything like this before, Blue Labub? The Like, this, this serenity that's surrounding this town, the vines, these flowers. I've never seen flowers like this before. Have you? No. I don't really understand it that much. I mean, it does seem like the weather's nice. So these vines have never been in the in the... Swamp like this before? No, no, never like this. I've never seen a vine this big at all, other than, you know, whenever I spy on towns around here. Well, the only way that we have seen vines grow like this is from exploding children. And we well, now we just saw a snake fox die and it happened again. So there's obviously other avenues for this sort of thing to happen. Uh, something to chew on. Well... I'm going to look for some bugs. Y'all sit here for a little bit. He hops away. I think you guys are being paranoid. Paranoid? About what? Things are beautiful now. Well, yes, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't know why. I mean, before, this basically meant death to a lot of people. And now, for some reason, it doesn't feel that way. Something's odd. That's not normal. I'm sure it has something to do with those old hags we dispatched. And now things are Gucci, as they say in foreign lands. <laughs> what is Gucci? It's it's a foreign term you wouldn't understand. Gucci. I like it. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I will continue to use that word. <laughs> How you say Gucci is now in the podcast forever. <laughs> Canon. <laughs> Well, I will. Uh, I will sit down and and pull out some rations and okay. eat some rations. All right, all of you kind of settle in for a little bit and get some lunch in. Sit down for a little bit after the morning walk, and uh, eventually Baluba Bug comes back to you, and y'all start walking towards the tree again. <laughs> Mm-hmm.
After another hour of time walking, the trees begin to change around you. As you walk past one sizable white oak, there is something strange about it that slows your pace a little bit. The trees appear to be thicker the higher it goes. And as you trace its reach to the sky, you see it loops back towards the ground ahead. It does it again and again. As you all keep pace with each other, traveling to the big tree, it's somewhat starting to make sense in all of your heads as you see other coastering white oaks moving in the same direction, that these aren't trees, but roots. Balulabub makes a single hop 20 feet in front of you and takes hold of some brush. He turns back to you and a big grin extends on his face as he pulls a huge chunk of brush to the side. As you walk through it as if he was holding the door for you, it leads into a wooded tunnel. Greenery and small vines arc over you. Sunlight barely peeks through the threaded vines. Balulabub skips into the lead of the group and trailing behind him is a kaleidoscope of beautiful butterflies. He makes his way out of your vision around a bend in this live wicker tunnel. And as you make your way around to catch up, the tunnel opens up into an uncovered large grove. You stare around this almost perfectly circular grove and see that the wood and swamp appear to halt in the hundred yard perimeter of this centered, huge white oak tree with roots spreading into the forest and marsh. This grove isn't swampy though. It has very thick but low padded grass with small natural gardens of daisies, tulips, and lavenders swirling through the flatland. The sky above is completely unblocked, unlike the marsh's previous canopy. Sunlight shoots down in waves of warmth and you feel a cool wind spiraling inward toward the tree. Butterflies dance through the grove's field, some showing no fear and landing on several of your shoulders and hands. You finally focus forward and look towards the base of the tree. You see many bullywugs sitting at the base of the tree. You see green skins, yellow skins, brown skins, and blue skins all staring at you as you approach. You then see bullywugs peek out from the roots they were sitting on and hiding as you walk underneath them with, bully, with Balulabub leading you. When you finally make it to the base of the tree and you see two faces you recognize, Palakul and Wuglite. And then you hear a really graspy voice speak in Bullywug. Then you see Balulabub kind of turn his head quickly. He, hop, he hops forward and embraces an older-looking greenskin. Bullywug talk ensues for another minute or so. Then you hear, Friends, this is my father, Balabub! Hi, hi Balabub. Nice to meet you. Hello, humans. Thank you for helping my son. You are forever friends to Bullywug. Can we get some subtitles <laughs> for us? You take, you kind of all kind of turn your heads and look at him, and he kind of tries to say it again, but he's having a very hard time speaking common. And so Balulabub speaks up and says for him, he says, hello, humans. Thank you for helping, ma helping me, his son. You're a forever friend of the Bullywug. Oh, you're, you're forever my friend too, Bullywug. And then, yeah. and then the dad just kind of takes him by the, takes him by the shoulder and spins him around and looks him in the eyes. And then grabs his other shoulder and gets really excited and starts speaking in bully in bullywug again really fast, but still really low and graspy. And then Balulabub turns back to all of you and says, "He says Wulakula exploded." What? Right. Does this mean we can go bugless? 
It sounds like it was at the same time you killed the sisters. Hmm. Weird. See, I told you. They'd either come around or explode. So that really <laughs> that really did it, huh? So we don't have to fight well, Bullicle anymore? Well, Balabob says that the Greyskins fled north into Duelwood, afraid of what might happen without Wulakula. Balabub says the Greyskins' ancestors used to live in the mountains to the north. He thinks that's where they are headed now. This means there will be no Bullywog War. Well, look at that. Yeah. Aww. What happened uh, <laughs> when Wulakula exploded? Did uh, something grow from where he was standing? <laughs> Yeah, uh, it sounds like the it destroyed the village. Sorry to hear that. But we can build a new one. Exactly. It could have been way worse. So what about the Greenskin prisoners? Oh, they're they're all here. Look around. Oh, oh. You look up onto like the like roots that are basically roller coasting through the ground all the way out to the perimeter of the grove, and you just see like all sorts of different bullywugs just staring down at all of you <laughs> they're all celebrating like star wars and then uh little bub says uh, apparently they were really excited to see you guys well they're they're looking but they thought you were like gods or something but i know you're not gods you're just my friends my human friends that's right kind of like wave it everywhere. <laughs> I'll, I'll wave as well <laughs> so 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 what's what's what will you do now you you, you're gonna stay with us and protect River's End? No, oh. we have uh, we have some other business to attend to. I mean, this would be the biggest crowd I've ever performed for. Yeah, play them a song. Maybe Woodlight and Palakul can play with you. Ooh, my bandmates. Can I pick them out? Yeah, you recognize them. Then uh, Palakul kind of grabs Woodlight because Woodlight doesn't know Common, and he like pulls him forward, and they stand next to you. And uh, Palakul brings out his fiddle, and Woodlight brings out his banjo. Yes, ready your instruments. Just follow my lead. Uh, Woodlight and Palakul just look at each other from behind, like behind you, and then they just start jamming. And then all the bullywugs <laughs> just start dancing on roots and stuff. Right after that, Balulabub approaches all of you again, and uh, he says, "Well, I'll, I hate to see you go, but my father wants you to have this." And he walks over to each of you individually and hands you uh, a ring, a little brass ring. And the ring has like an amber signet on top of it. And it has like a fly inside of the amber. As we all ready our pins. (laughs) (laughs) This ring will forever show that you are a friend to Bullywug. And Bullywug is friend to you. Well, isn't that sweet? Slide it on my finger. Immediately put it on. So this means we can go... Bugless, correct? You can now go bugless. Yes. Put the <laughs> ring on. I'm going to kind of take old PVAC out of whatever pocket. Don't feed it to PVAC. I have him in. Oh my god, don't feed your ring to PVAC. And just kind of like check on him, and then I'm going to let him get a real flight in. Is okay. what I want to do. Now so that you're going to like kind of push clearing, him in the way? I'm going to be like, look, bud. And then just kind of like lift him up and try and get him to nudge off Give and me an catch some hand. air. The theme from Pocahontas plays. <laughs> Ain't no damn animal. <laughs> Seventeen. Seventeen. <laughs> <That's not laughs> All right, listeners for, record, <laughs> listeners for the record, we've been using lapel mics for the last thirteen episodes. 
and now we now have like a studio like <laughs> the arms that hold mics and pop filters and everything and so matt just moved closer to the mic to say 17 after he realized he didn't speak directly into it we're getting used to it but i'm hoping this all turns out better than it was before Mm-hmm. so you said 17 17 all right so he kind of he lifts off of your hands and he kind of flies around a little bit and you watch him closely and he kind of like lands onto a tree like onto one of the branches of this really big tree mm-hmm. and then he kind of you see him like kind of dance around on top of the branch for a little bit and then he just kind of flies right back down to you and he says no or, I'm sorry <laughs> no <laughs> like kind of give him like this like the why I guess nod kind of thing. Um, it's because I know I saw him. I saw Dorothy speak to him with motion, so I, I'm just trying that. He uh, pecks, but he doesn't bite. Pecks at one of like the metal buttons on your armor. No. <laughs> uh, I guess I'll pop another button off. <laughs> um, only this time, I'm gonna kind of like maybe I'll, I'll, I'll put Pvac like on my left shoulder. And then I'm going to get him to kind of watch the button, and then I'm going to throw it as far into the air as I can. Okay. Uh, give me a uh, dexterity save. 17. Oh, nope. I've been corrected. 19. <laughs> 19. All right. Um, he f- jumps out, of, jumps off of your shoulder and flies through the air and chases the button. And just snags it out of the like air like an eagle grabbing a smaller bird and destroying it with its giant beak. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice I'm, assu- I'm, I'm guessing that's how eagles do that thing. Sure. <laughs> Maybe not? falcons or who cares? hawks. I'm not gonna tell you you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> he did this totally innocent thing, like this totally gruesome, yeah. <laughs> terrible thing. And he grabs it out of the air and he comes and lands back onto your shoulder, and he puts it down on your shoulder and then starts to eat at it. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> this whole town, by the way, I'm just glaring at Pivac. <laughs> with cutting eyes. He licks his lips. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> One day I'm going to eat that bird. <laughs> no, just dismantle him. Um, and so me. as the music is being played by Palakul and Wuglite, you actually see other colored bullywugs bring out instruments and start to join them. Um, and then as that starts to happen, you see like kind of like a party start to happen for the bullywugs, but it's not like a, there's no like food and drink. So they're not like getting crazy, crazy, but you can tell that they're enjoying their time. And then during all that, all the festivities, Balulabub then slaps his hand with his tongue and extends it out to you, Finch. I spit in my hand and shake his hand. Okay. And then one by one after Balulabub does that, all of you are approached from the various numbers of bullywugs doing the same thing with their tongues and hands. Yes. <laughs> I'm like spitting in both hands left and right. <laughs> High five and everyone. Yes. Damn. Good game. Good game. I get out some Purell. <laughs> and then like, as you can tell, like the bullywugs are kind of calming down and not really like trying to approach you and, get blessings basically Balabub the father approaches you Finch again and his face shows mostly neutral feelings like he's not excited he's not sad just straight faced and then all the bullywugs stop what they're doing and watch 
Balabub's face slowly turns into a bigger and bigger grin. And then he embraces you. He then pulls back and holds you at arm's length, laughing. All the other bullywogs then start to laugh. I, I, I guess I nervously start to laugh and look at my friends. <laughs> <laughs> and, and after the laughter kind of dies down, he lets go of your shoulders and just walks away. Like, well, that went well. <laughs> Have we been punk? <laughs> <laughs> and after a little bit longer of kind of some festivities and hanging out, um, after, a wh- after a while and long farewell with all the other bullywogs, who admire the five of you greatly at this point. Like, all of you have made such an impression on this society that it's kind of mind-boggling for some of you. Not really so much you, Dorothy, because you kind of... I live for this. Yeah, you live for this. <laughs> but this is not something the four of you are used to. Before they all disappear, I do want to ask Balulabub what that exchange was all about with Balabub. Oh, that's just a custom. There's nothing to worry about. I mean, well, what kind of? I mean, he looked directly at me. I mean, why me and why not any of the other guys? Like, well, my dad's also a priest. He's one of our shamans here. He senses something in you. He's a he's Can, a what? He's a shaman. No, the other a word. A priest. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get that. All right. <laughs> Thanks. Okay. Can you ask him more? Like, can we inquire? Is is it something I should know? It's not something that a boy would normally do in that situation. I mean, he's never given me that embrace. Have you seen him give that embrace to anyone else? Yeah. What Lula happened? Kula. Oh. Hmm. hmm. That was a long time ago, though. Are we all hearing this? Yeah. It has has Balabub gone away at this point? Yeah, he's like walked away and he's like, there's no like talk with anymore. I mean, right. if you want to approach him, but you already heard how he speaks. Yeah, I, I might be able to decipher. <laughs> uh, Bub, would you mind coming with me to let me let me ask him a question or two? It won't take long. Sure, sure. Thanks. He uh, leads you towards his dad, um, and he takes hold of his dad's shoulder, and his dad turns around and he looks at the two of you. I'll spit in my hand and go to shake his. And he spits in his or he he slaps his hand with his tongue and then shakes yours. Um, I'm gonna, I guess, look at. Or I guess I can try and address him. He can understand comedy. He doesn't speak it well, right? Depends on what you say. Okay, well, Balula Bub, just kind of watch this and see if any of this gets by. But um, like what what just happened? Why 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 me? And he he kind of looks at Balula Bub for a second. And Blue Above turns back to him and says, And then Blue Above looks at you and says, Well, he says it's just that you have a powerful fate in front of you. Nothing specific. He just gets sort of some destiny out of you. He saw it in your eyes. Say thank you and bow my head in respect. And then, like, as you bow your head, he, B- Balabub speaks up and sa- says to Balulabub and Balulabub. <laughs> and then Balulabub then says, Well, he says that you, he gets a better sense of you than he did the last time. So he expects great things. The last time, meaning Wula Kula? Yes. 
Well, I certainly appreciate that. I, I still have a mission that I need to get on with once we're done here. So he wouldn't have you, or you or him wouldn't happen to know where any Crimson Command might be, <laughs> would you? Crimson Command. There are there is, are is that is that like a different sort of human like how Cat's not really a human but he's a human? No, they would look they would look like me. They're just part of something called the Crimson Command. It kind of like I'm a green skin and then there's the gray skins and then there's the yellow skins and the blue skins. Something like that. All right. All right. Um well, no, uh, I don't know who the Crimson Command are. Well, that's okay. Before this whole exchange ends. Okay. I do want to talk to Balulabub. Okay. Um, so, Balulabub, how, uh, have you ever been to, to Dulwood? No. Do you know where that is? To the north. That's where I'm taking you now. Cool. Well, I'm going to point you in the right direction. I'm not going to take you there. Yes. Have, have any of the other Bullywugs ever been into Dulwood? To your knowledge. I, I don't know. Why? I was just trying to get a feel for the land. I've never been. Well, we don't go because it's not really good land for the bullywugs. I see. Not marshy enough, huh? Not not a lot of water. Okay, well, thanks anyway. Not a lot of water. (laughs) I'm sorry. What was that? (laughs) Sorry, I wanted another take it. (laughs) It was worth it. (laughs) So are you going to paste that in? I might. (laughs) So Balulabub leads you to the north side of the grove to an exit, like the entrance that you came in on. He stands to the side of the tunnel as you all pass him leaving. Finch, you're the last one to walk into the tunnel, and he stops you for a second and says, I have a feeling we're going to see each other again one day. Is that strange? You know, I hope we do see each other again someday. I don't think it's strange. Farewell. You shake hands again, and then you turn towards the tunnel. And uh, the five of you look back, and you see uh, Wooglight and Palakul kind of join Balulabub, and you can actually tell Balulabub's really sad about it, and they kind of like give him like bro comfort. Aww. And uh, as you make your way around a bend and look back for the last time, they've turned around and started walking back to the big tree. Well, that was mad creepy. I enjoy having my audience around me, but not so touchy-feely. They were nice. Yeah, they were just grateful. Not my type. I like the little hoppy hops. I'm gonna miss them. Yeah, I mean, it was better than having to fight a war, right? Well, of course. (laughs) You say so. Man, I really killed that crowd, didn't I? Yep. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us for the finale of Between a Frog and a Hard Place. If you've enjoyed it as much as we have, please find us on iTunes and drop us a rating. This one is really important to us, so you'd be doing us a huge favor by doing that. Also check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash four orbs. We're setting up our Patreon to give you guys some rewards for donating monthly, like bonus content. So go check that one out as well. In two weeks, on April 20th... We will be starting our new series called Dark Party Icker. 
But before we get to introducing Dualwood on this episode, here's some words from our podcast buddies. Hi, I'm Drew. And I'm Landry. We're the hosts of You Simply Must. You Simply Must? What's that? It's a comedy podcast all about sharing things that we love with each other and sometimes with the guest. TV shows, food, games, movies, whatever. That's right. Think of it as Oprah's favorite thing, but weekly and with more segments specifically designed to gaslight the other person. We release new episodes every Wednesday. You can find the show on iTunes or at yousimplymustpodcast.com. Hey, person hearing this ad, have you ever listened to our show? No. You Simply Simply Must! Are you a lifelong fanboy, a new nerd, or are you just clueless and curious about all the comic book movie buzz and want to know more? Then tune in to Between the Cons, the twice-weekly podcast for Life Between Comic-Cons, where Chris and friends discuss nerdy news. Why is it always Chris and friends? We have stupid nicknames that you made up for us. I'm going to start calling you Dr. Big Boy Pants. Where Chris, Chris 2, MF Dane, Mr. Naughty List, the Wonder Twins, Masterman Drabo, the Ginger Giant, and the Outlaw Steve Jr. Thank you. Discuss nerdy news, review movies, and dive deep into the big topics that encompass our fandoms. Subscribe today on iTunes and Google Play at BetweenTheCons.com. travel north in Rivers Inn towards Dualwood as dusk begins to settle. As moonlight seeps down from the stars on the brink of the swamp, you see a wall of trees setting an exact perimeter between forest and swamp. The bark of the trees is colored with a dark gray and a polished metal-like shine. It's been a long day of travel and celebration with the Bullywugs. Before entering Dualwood, it might be best to rest here and what you know is now a peaceful land in River's End. Nah, I keep going. Wait! Stop! What? I'm gonna look around. Does it appear it's a nice place to rest? It's very nice. This is a really nice place to rest! It is getting dark. I mean, come on, Felomir. I guess it can wait till tomorrow. You gotta be reasonable. I mean, that's the beginning of the next journey, really. I mean... Let's go in there, you know, fully rested and clear-headed. I feel fine. And, I mean, what's the goal for you guys? I mean, that really hasn't been discussed as the five adventurers have, you been, have been going. We haven't talked about the... Uh... No, we talked about we need to get to the Temple of Panette. Yeah, that's After our... Salamandal spoke to me. But like, I figured that was like, agreed upon. Yeah, it sounded like everyone was on board for Dulwood, and I figured just Except in Dulwood I would be able to find a Crimson Command member. Oh, no. Oh, no? No. Why not? Nope. God. Dulwood's not civilized. <laughs> it's just a forest. Uh, so there's no, like, towns or anything? To our knowledge? To your knowledge now. Who's got a map? I have a... Uh, I have one of Shandolin. I have a world map. You're basically going into the Lost Forest in Zelda. Is that what it's called? The one where you just choose right, left, 
top or bottom and then mm-hmm. hope that it sends you the right direction and then if you go the wrong one it sends you back to the beginning something like that that sounds terrible, terrible. Yeah. yeah that sounds like the worst game ever <laughs> fuck zelda 1988 zelda gross <laughs> well i need i need i need some sort of like town i need some civilization i'm i'm trying to meet back up with the crimson command at this point so is there can you check your map is there anywhere like it's on the way to Dolwood. Did I ever get like an exact location of the temple? Yeah. No. No. One. One. They they don't have a map of Dolwood because it's just it's just an uncharted forest. Really, it's almost like civilized nations leave it alone for the Fae to have. I mean, there's got to be some sort of like civilization here. I would think maybe. It's not charted. We'll find it. I mean, what so else are we going to do? A map? Not of Dualwood, no. I just wasn't sure if the world he, map would show like it. I mean, it shows Dualwood on the world map, but it just says Dualwood. Let me see your map. I show him my map. <laughs> All right. <laughs> show me what you got. <laughs> You're going to bring that up every chance I you saw get. it finally. It's funny. <laughs> and it sounds like PVAC. <laughs> yeah. I had a mission. That mission is now complete. I probably need to report back to Arendor, to the mayor, to let him know what I've done. And then from there on, I was supposed to go meet up with my Crimson Command members and get fully inducted and become part of this regime. Ooh, will there be a ceremony? It's, I, w- I would think so, yeah. Well, but, that's a long way away from here. Yeah, I mean, I don't... Out of game, do you know where the Crimson Command is? Do you remember? <laughs> okay, so back to that map. <laughs> I have a map in front of me. <laughs> There's Andrin. Andrin. Which is across the bay from Televastral. Okay. There are two cities in it. There is Gamor and Anaria. I want to say that the Crimson Command is in Gamor. So I wrote down Gamor. You went through Gamor. Oh, I went through it. Is there a way to Gamor by boat then? I'm sure you could, yes. Take a boat. That's in the wrong direction. Well, what I'm... We're going to Dualwood. Yeah. And we haven't been there, so fast travel is not an option. Well, what I'm... (laughs) What I'm thinking here is I can travel with you guys up into Televastral and possibly even Dualwood. And I'm thinking there's bound to be some small towns along the western coast, at which point I could grab a boat and... I mean, I'm going to Mithron after what I find in Dualwood. Oh, are you? Yes. Well, that's just only a little further west of uh, Gamora. I mean, we would have to go through it, I would assume. I'll help you to Dualwood if you help me to Gamora. I see no problems with that. We'll hop on up to Dualwood, get this little this key of Kilnar, make our way west. Yes, whatever. Now, about this ceremony, is there going to be a crowd? I mean... I would, I would probably think so. Uh, I mean, Gamora seems to be a pretty big city. I mean, I know that the Crimson Command is worldly; they're uh, they're uh, everywhere. So yeah, about it's how a pretty big, big deal, give or take thousand, two thousand. I'm really unsure here, Doroth. This will be my first time. You know, I, I don't know. I'm going to trust you. Have you ever been to Gamora? I'm sure I've passed through. I've been to lots of places. 
question me. I'm just wondering if maybe you've been there before. You would know how what? big of a town it is. I'm not asking about the size of the town. I'm asking about the size of the crowd. Big towns have big crowds. You'd be surprised. <laughs> what about Kath and Astra? <laughs> What's y'all's goals at this point? I'm, I mean, I'm everybody just, uh, knows I'm trying to get to the temple. Visions. But, you know, just overall. I mean, I guess that's to get back to, to Atherin for the both of us, because she's got to find old, old daddy, and I got to, that's my, that's my home. So but I'm think? following her to her goal because this is fun for <laughs> Keth. <laughs> Keth has never been outside of Atherin. You're right. Wait, but do y'all think y'all can show up and like take on old boy, whoever that dude was, that chased y'all out? Um, I'm sure the heat's died down by now. It's yeah. been it's been a few months, right? <laughs> for you, for you two, yeah, it's been about a month since y'all left Atherin. For, for the record, I mean the last couple episode or last episodes where. Arendor happened it's only been a week yeah yeah we hadn't slept that much like it's been very rapidly moving hmm. so are we all in are we well i mean astra you're you're distracted by two things right now your visions and your dad Daddy didn't if kat's following you which one and you're going to the temple of finette does that mean you're like focused on the visions right now yeah, I mean, we're closest to Dolewood, so I'd like to reach the temple. I mean, that's really been the main goal since I started having these visions. Just making sure there's clear character development for but, y'all and the listeners. But think about what could be happening to your father right now. Are you saying that out of game or in game? Out of game. Harsh? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, think about it. Like, you're fucking around with us, and he's getting, like, beatings and shit. Like, you should really get on I don't, that. I don't know that he's getting beatings. I mean, you saw But him. also, I'm pretty sure if I'm having visions that that has to do, I don't know, that seems more important, and hopefully it can lead me somewhere that I could eventually help him. Damn, that's cold. Okay, so. I'm well. going to start getting my bedroll out. Yeah. Sounds like we're all going to do it. We have now decided that we're sleeping right here. And this whole conversation has basically been going on while you were getting ready for rest. And so far, this probably has been the best rest you've gotten in the week since the explosion of the boy in Arendor. You stare into the clear night sky, into the depths of the stars, and gracefully fall asleep. But before, you see the constellations of guardians in the sky. That You all know at least one or two of them as they seem to be very important to the parents and that teach them to their children as they grow up. Keth, you see the constellation of Exodolu and the link to Adamo, and finding the balance of destruction to create. Finch, for the first time in many years, you revisit your mother's favorite constellation of Heltron soaring through the skies with white wings. Doroth, you see a calamity and collection of stars that no one has ever been able to make sense of but to you has always been a representation of Jiminy. To you, it is the, it's, dis- it's disorganized placement in the heavens is just obviously chaos. My man. Thelamir, while the four of them rest, you, you take some time to read through your, your tome, coincidentally on a section about the constellation of the Creator. You map from it the pattern the stars is trying to show and gather there might be a secret to this understanding you are currently missing. Your mind dwells on that for hours before you settle in for meditation. Astra, you feel worn and exhausted. 
Something about today's travel and event with meeting the Bullywugs has left you with unease. Almost like with Rivers End showing such peace and content, there still seems to be a conflict that unsettles you. You think maybe it is being born from your homeland of Lunalia with no family or long-term friends, but you don't think that is it with that being your life recently. You go through the events of your life quickly through your head like searching a library for information, and then you fall asleep. But your mind continues racing with these thoughts while you while you sleep and dream. You see yourself running through that library that I'm using as a metaphor for trying to find the information of why you just seem so con- conflicted. You see yourself running through a library, searching books from your point of view. And as you run through the li- aisles of this library in first person, you look down at your feet for a couple seconds as you're running. The stone flooring turns slowly into grass and roots. Your feet turns to hooves. You bring your vision back to level and you see bullywugs being trampled beneath your feet. You bring a bow up to aim and shoot arrow after arrow into the back of bullywug after bullywug. You pan right and left with your vision, seeing you are a centaur, a part of a stampede. You slam into a giant frog, knocking it on its side, and other centaurs begin to impel it with spears. After what feels to be another minute or two, the stampede settles at the bottom of a hill. You look up the hill and see the same temple from a previous vision, and you immediately sit up and wake. It is daylight, your companions are making some sort of stew for breakfast. They all look at you weirdly after you surprisingly wake up. Are are you okay, Astra? Yeah, I just had a really weird dream. Here we go. Shut up. What what happened in the dream? Well, I was in a library looking for, just looking through books, and all of a sudden I looked down and I was a centaur, and I looked back up and I was shooting arrows at bullywugs, and it, it seems to have happened uh, in Dulwood where where the temple is. But I don't know why that happened, why I dreamt that. Bullywugs aren't up there. Well, didn't Balulabub say that the Grayskins were going to Dulwood? That they fled after Wulakula died? That's right. So... Were they Gray? Do you remember? In your dream? No. I I don't remember. Hmm. Let's hope so. A centaur, you say? Yeah. The forest of Dulwood is inhabited by many fae. It is. So it's not... My dream isn't too... Obscure. Obscure, yeah. Have you ever encountered one before? No. You think it was a vision? I don't I don't know. I guess, I guess so. It felt like the other ones, but I was just sleeping, but... I don't know. Something doesn't feel right. That was fascinating. You see, that was a literary device called sarcasm. I'm working on it in my songwriting. But the sentiment remains fascinating, you guys. It could mean something. It means nothing. Oh, it means something. It means the grayskins are probably all dead right now. Centaurs probably don't want them going through their land. Well, that's if you think the visions are in real time. And not premonitions. 
from a what? Something that uh, will happen in the future. Oh. Like a far vision. Yes. Okay. Far vision. It's a good band name. I'll write it down. You make your way into Duelwood after eating breakfast and preparing for a new journey. You travel for hours through open land. The area you are traveling in lacks the layer of brush and debris on the ground that you are used to seeing in most forests. The metal-colored trees stand tall in this area, reaching upwards of 200 feet before the first branch is visible. The trees are wide at the base. If the five of you held hands, you would only wrap around half of it. Wildlife is also slim in this area. In the hours you have been traveling, you have only seen a single squirrel and as soon as it saw you, it ran. Eventually in your travels, you make your way to the crest of a hill. It has been very quiet through this forest. You do find yourselves feeling very uneasy, though. But at the top of the hill, you look north in the direction you are traveling. And you see a horrid sight. It appears Astra's visions may be a hint at the present because in front of you is a lengthy trail of dead gray-skinned bullywugs and giant frogs. From behind a big tree, you see a large, big-bellied, shirtless creature. It drags behind it a heavy spiked club, and with its other arm, reaches down towards the dead bullywugs like it is looting. He is only a hundred feet away from you. And before you get the chance to even hide behind the hill, he spots you and lets out a huge roar. And before you can get off any reaction, another one charges you from the flank and slams his spiked club into the ground, making you dodge it and spreads you all like fleeing cockroaches. These two ogres aren't very happy with you being here. Give me initiatives. 20. 4. 18. 15. Six. D, you are first. One ogre is a hundred feet away down the hill. The other ogre is in the center of all of you. I'm going to shoot a ray of frost at the one closest to me. 21. That's a hit. Four damage. You uh, bring your palms together and shoot from your wrist a single ray of frost. And it actually, it kind of extends for a while. And then uh, you kind of draw on it in a small like one foot line and then let go and uh you see that it's frozen over a little bit doing five damage five damage or sorry four damage you said four right mm -hmm. after astra is doroth uh let's just go with vicious mockery all right what you saying you nasty peanut bane prick you probably never seen your dick that's it it was all off right. the fly they just showed up all of a sudden <laughs> put me on the spot uh that does do damage okay four and then i'm going to use a bonus action okay to use my bardic inspiration i'm going to say have at them guys they can't see their dicks and i'm using it for finch so you're inspiring him yes so he gets a d6 six yeah okay. so what that means finch is so say you roll a 14 on your d20 mm-hmm and you're like, mm, I don't know if that's good enough. So you, before I say whether you hit or miss, 
you have to decide, you have to stop me and say, I'm going to use my bardic inspiration that he gave me. And you roll a d6 and you add that number to the roll dice, you, to the roll. After Doroth is Felomir. I am going to cast Mirror Image. All right. What does that do? It makes duplicates of me. Three duplicates, to be exact. So there are now four of me. Okay. Um, and all it does is, like, whenever I get targeted with an attack, depending on how many of my duplicates are left, you roll a d20, and that determines if it hits a duplicate or me. Okay, cool. So, yeah, I cast that, and it's kind of painful. You can see, like, my body just splitting in half, and I'm like, <laughs> Gross. Um, after Felomir is the ogres. Oh, also, I do want to move back. Okay. Words. On the side of the hill where the ogre isn't charging from that was 100 feet away, or towards him? Away. Okay. From him. Just do your mirror images follow you? Yes. Do they do everything you do? They mimic my actions, yes. Although they don't like... Like, if I cast a spell, they'll cast a spell, but it doesn't do damage. So the one that was 100 feet away actually can't get anything in this round because he's too far away. Uh, so he just dashes twice. But he has a lot of speed. He actually covers 80 feet of ground in his turn. So he is just 20 feet away from y'all at this point. Is he the same size as the other ogre? Like, kind of big? Yes. And just so you know, these are large creatures. So they're roughly 8 to... 12, 10 or 12 feet. I don't remember what the exact range is, but they're much larger than all of you. Remember, guys, they can't see their dicks. <laughs> remember that. But the one that is in range attacks Astra. For 25. Jesus. Does it hit? Yeah. <laughs> really? Does it hit? <laughs> I gotta ask. You don't. Yeah, I really don't. For eight damage. Oh my god, Dave. The uh, spiked club comes in, like, swiping like almost like a baseball bat. And you start to dodge it a little bit, but it hits you in the back of the shoulder and takes you for a little spin. And you land on your, or you hit the ground, but you stand back up pretty quickly like your adrenaline's keeping you going. Shrek looking at him. Pinch. The um, Hunter Colossus, uh, does that take a turn to use? Or? Colo- the Colossus Slayer only works whenever it you attack a creature that's been damaged. The first one has been damaged because of Correct. Heart, so You don't have to do anything to make it happen. It's just if you attack a damaged creature. Oh, so I just got to keep that in mind. Yes. Okay. Well, I am going to pop off a shot at... Uh, the one that's been damaged? Yeah, sure. It's the one that's close. So you're just 10 feet away from it. And I'll also use Ryan's stuff. Yay! <laughs> so that was the six that you were giving me, right? That's a D6. A D6. It's a D6. Oh, okay. Good lord, here we go. All right. So that's 15. 15 is a hit. Eleven, right? I think one D plus four. Yeah, but, but your Colossus Slayer. The D eight goes for the damage, not the attack. Oh, well, I rolled it with attack. No, yeah. it's with it's with damage. You also didn't add your attack bonus when you said that out, so it was like a twenty something. Good lord! All right. All so what was the D twenty roll? Okay, well, the D twenty roll was a ten. 
Yeah, and then the uh, so that would have been with his stuff. That would have been fourteen. Because you have your attack Shit. bonus. Okay. So a lot. So twenty-two. So twenty-two. Yeah. Twenty-two is a hit. Yes. So you just roll a d8, and that was a seven. Yeah. And so you roll plus another four. d8 for damage again four, four, for plus your plus Slayer. So you have eleven now, and then roll another d8. Okay. One. So twelve damage. Twelve total. damage. Yes. Very good damage. <laughs> I really messed that one up. (laughs) (laughs) It's cool. It's been a minute. Uh, So you release an arrow and put it like right in the left part of his uh, chest. And like you think maybe you got really close to the heart, but you don't know if it went deep enough. The next person is Keth. All right. I'm going to see Astra get hit and immediately fly into a rage. Okay. And I'm going to jump at the ogre and take a swing at it. Okay. And that is a 14. That's a hit. Eight. It's a halberd, right? No, mace. Mace? Mace and shield. Mace and shield. All right. So you uh, run forward in a rage and bring your mace onto its back, like hit it right and basically in the spine. And uh, it kind of steps forward but doesn't lose its entire balance. And... He seems to be mad at you. Oh yeah, my uh, my face grew out a little bit and oh, revealed yeah. my sharp uh, turkey doll fangs. Yep, you got some turkey doll fangs going on now. Um, after Keth is back to the top, Astra. All right, I'm mad at this dude, so I'm gonna take my staff. Okay. Two hands. Doing 18, 19, 20, 21. 21. Does a 21 hit, dude? That is a hit. Scoot the fuck up, Dave. Uh, and that is three damage. All right. So you bring, you kind of turn back and bring your staff around and just hit him like once really hard in like the shin. And uh, he does kind of like react to that angrily and kind of like hops a second for a, like hops twice on his left foot because you hit him in the right. And then he is now angry at you as well. So he is like caught between you and Kath. Kath. Melee range. Word. Doroth. All right, I'm going to move like 10 feet back. Okay. Just backwards and then uh, use Vicious Mockery again. Okay. So it's against uh, the 12 again? Yep. All right. This time it has no effect. Ugh. Whatever. But what do you say, though? Uh... Allow me to reiterate your dicks they fail to penetrate. <laughs> I was so disappointed that that didn't like get yeah. through. Couldn't comprehend it. Yeah. He's too busy like getting real mad. We at all laughed. <laughs> Fuck yeah. me, man. That one. This is my A plus material yeah, here. That was it, dude. That that's <laughs> what the people want. <laughs> so now it is Felomir's turn. Alright, I will just uh shoot an Eldritch Blast. At the wounded one. That is a 24. That's a hit. Four blasts come from the mirror images and like this volley fire onto the ogre. For three damage. For a single point on its like right below its rib cage. You see like the fat on his belly kind of vibrate out. Like somebody just punched him basically right in the side of the belly. After Felomir is the ogres. I'm going to use Vicious Mockery. Not vicious mockery. Uh, cutting words. Okay. Small dicks. 
<laughs> good call. Yes. <laughs> Not good call. No. Oh, what? Damn it. Uh, yes, he does hit you, Astra. God damn it. For <laughs> it's actually eleven damage. King Christ. <laughs> yes. And I have one hit point. Um, this one hits you really hard, mm-hmm. like right in the like front of your thighs, flips you up, so like flops you down onto the ground. In front of my thighs. Like it hits you like <laughs> parallel, hitting both legs at the same time. Okay. And it actually knocks you down to the ground and like makes you slide about fifteen feet away. Um, after that, the other ogre runs up. He's attacking Keth. Bring it. Does a 14 hit? Nope. So you uh, dodge that attack. And after the ogres is Finch. I'm going to go for the injured one again. All right. 20. That's a hit. 10 damage. Did you add your bonus? Well, it's 14. (laughs) Nice, Dave. One day you'll get it. You're, you notch another arrow and kind of you pull it real tight back now that you're seeing your friends getting in some super danger. Uh, gross. 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 Come here, bud. He's, he's going to puke. He's going to blow. Oh, that's, that's nothing. He threw up two kibbles. Just, just two kibbles. It's okay. He's eating them. Oh, he, he ate them. Oh, wait. No, he started to. Then he stopped. Oh, there he goes. Oh, there he goes. Attaboy. Um... So I'm pulling back real tight because I'm real mad because it hurt my friends. Yeah. So you, uh, sorry, distracted by our <clears throat> puppy puking. Is um, that fucking rain? Yep. No. no. That's. Yep. There. Oh. Now the puppy is drinking water, so it sounds like <laughs> rain, and ain't it's raining? <laughs> but it is rain. So yeah, you uh, pull an arrow back real tight, seeing your friends in some super danger, and you see the arrow release and like spirals like double the amount of time, like just threw a little finesse on it or something and it spins and spins and spins and hits the ogre right into like his other side of his chest so now he's got two arrows sticking out of his chest deep wounds but still standing jeez louise this motherfucker um after finch is keth all right. Well, he's going down now. I'm uh, I'm gonna swing my mace at him, and I'm going to uh, reckless attack, so I get advantage, and he gets advantage on me. Okay. Good call. <laughs> Is it? Yes. yes it Critical. was a good call. Critical. Critical. <laughs> he rolled no. He rolled a three at first. So after five minutes of booting up this computer. Roll another d20. Seven. I have gotten another critical because I did this before. And yeah, and you rolled a one, one and, and it canceled it. Yeah. Max damage. Hey. Ooh. God. So you don't have to roll damage. Well, that's a 12 plus my uh, this guy's fucking rage. Super so dead. Uh, 19 total. 19 total damage? Yep. All right. So you launch up into the air with a huge leap onto his chest you grab hold of his left shoulder, like basically going into a huge hug, and uh, hold on to his left side, and then you bite into his uh, the left side or his right side of his throat, and you bring the mace in, almost like a stabbing motion with the sword, and just break the side of his skull 
and he's his head implodes basically inward as the mace just digs halfway into his skull and you jump back down and just let out a huge roar. <laughs> I'm imagining this like happening in slow motion and you can kind of see in the background my face turn to just utter disgust. Yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I throw up. Because <laughs> cool. I'm, at, I'm at one HP, so. <laughs> yeah, you're like throwing up from being concussed yeah. and trauma. <laughs> and as you land on your feet, the other ogre behind you tries to attack you. There's uh, a 27 hit. Yeah. I'm rolling some 19s tonight, guys. For 14 damage. Physical? Physical, yeah. Suck it. I take seven. Oh, shit. <laughs> Resistance. And, and he nice. said suck it. You're just going to let him <laughs> say um, that to you? You uh, take the hit of the this club and you fall forward on one foot and you turn around and just give him just this bloody like roar again and now it is Astra your turn um i'm going to hit that dude with a chromatic orb no you're not what you got 1 hp left nah. oh shit you're right all right ray of frost i'm going to back up and then hit him with a ray of frost yeah back up 30 feet and Flare your wrist around. Seven. And uh, you launch this ray of frost out of your hand, and it just goes right past his head. Doroth. Ah, pitiful. Just but to... I can't say I can't say all this in one turn, can I? I gotta say, I don't know what you're trying to say. I was just gonna say, just because you're crazy doesn't mean you deserve to die. And I'm gonna cure wounds Aww. on her. Thanks. So would you like to roll it? Do you want me to roll it? You can roll it. Okay. Doroth makes things better. You get two. Thanks. Four. So you're not so dying. Yeah. After Doroth is Felomir. Well, being inspired by Keth's display of brute strength, I'm going to cast Shillelagh on me. What? All right. (laughs) Which uh, turns my staff... Or it changes the damage on it to a D8 plus my spell casting mm-hmm. for attack and damage instead of strength. And then I charge at the remaining ogre. All okay. four of me charge. <laughs> yeah. All right. You can't attack this turn because of the spell there. All right. All right. Just making sure. So you're mid-charge. Yes. The ogre. Attacks you again, Keth. It's a 23 hit. 16 damage. Is that halved? Yes, it is half. I'm getting that. No, it's not. It's oh, not. I was half, about to say, goddamn, it, it, it's, it's eight. It's okay. eight damage. I keep cool. forgetting that you have resistance right now when you're raging. Yeah, I'm good. Like I see these big numbers, and I'm like, fuck, cat's gonna die. <laughs> Finch. All right, so I think I'm just gonna kind of strafe and put Hunter's mark on this guy. Good call, because he hasn't been hit yet. Thanks. <laughs> All right, you got Hunter's Mark on him. So after Finch is Keth. All right. Well, I'm going to smash this one right in the face. All right. And I'm going to relentlessly attack him as well. Or reckless attack him, rather. It's going to be a 22. That's a hit. By the way, this guy has very low AC, guys, just so you know. We have to ask, though. I know. You you do have to ask. (laughs) Yes. You have to ask. Because you don't know the AC. Okay. (laughs) 
nine damage. Nine damage. So you take your mace and you just kind of slap it onto the side of his ribs and you hear a little bit of a crack underneath. Astro, it's your turn. How far away is Ogre from me? I backed up my last turn and didn't do anything. Uh, 40 feet. All right. Um, I'm going to back up 10 more feet and do a Ray of Frog. Okay. It's 19. That's a hit. Four damage. A quick burst of frost shoots out of your palm, hits the ogre right in the side of his knee. After Astra is Doroth. I'm just going to try the vicious mockery again. Do it. Because I don't want to get up close to them at all. Was a success this time. Oh, yay. Dicks and dicks and dicks. Did I forget to mention dicks? One. <laughs> and he has disadvantage on his next attack. Felomir. I will uh, continue my charge and attack. Okay. The ogre. Oh, yeah. Leaping Shillelagh. into the air. Shalalah. 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 That is a 20. That's it. For 13 damage. All right. Jesus. All right. Um, <laughs> so you run up the hill just spinning your staff around <laughs> like a majorette like in a, a parade <laughs> and just stop it right behind your back and then just spin it around again one more time and slap him across the face. Four times. I forget. <laughs> Four times. <laughs> you see his, like, his chin just unbuckle, basically, and just turn to the side, and then it comes back, and his tongue, like kind of comes back and he roars right into your face bring it he's mad at you now good i think which one though let's, let's randomize it please hit you're me. odd nope Damn it's it. on him man sorry on. it was either you or him and i started with odd on steven so i'm to miss 11 nope and he misses brings his uh spiked club down on at you and you quickly do a sidestep and it just slams into the ground and dust kicks up finch He's damaged. Yeah, I, I kind of move to where no one is directly in the flight path of my arrow. And uh, maybe I'll take a knee to steady myself. One deep breath. 24. That's a hit. Alright. 20, right? <laughs> 20 damage? Jesus. Um, the arrow shoots directly into like his upper shoulder and goes out the other side and this is a big old ogre so that arrow is like sticking out the other side and the feathers are on the inside okay all right i'm reckless attacking all right <clears throat> and they're both 12s 21 that's it it was meant to be 12 still the mace yes you bring the mace down like vertically over your head and uh, you slap it into his forehead, and you do see, like, it does kind of break the skull a little bit. And he takes, like, two or three steps back. He, st- he kind of steadies his step, and he, like, takes his great club in both hands, and he's ready for another round. This motherfucker. Astra. Ray of Frost. Fuck. Seven. Bring your hands around again. Drop your staff, really prepping for this one, and then just... Steph Curry's playing terribly right now. It happens. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what that means. Basketball. Yeah, basketball. 
Um, Dorothy. I'm still like 40 feet away, right? Yes. Okay, I'm going to use Vicious Mockery one final time. All Hopefully right. one final time. I swear to God, if this isn't the final time. <laughs> um, uh, my name's Dorothy, and I've got your fix. Could it be another song about dicks? One. It, it doesn't. It, it has no effect. Oh, you're right. Okay, I was supposed to wait for that. Well, <laughs> uh, after Dorothy is Felomir. Oh, man. I want him to hit me. <laughs> Damn it. You can always hold your turn. Is he next? I think he's next. He is next. I'm going to delay. <laughs> Come on, you big. He's screaming. Dickless ogre. It's an odd number. <laughs> Damn it. I jump. I take my action now and jump in front of Kev. <laughs> Geth does a 23 hit. Absolutely. And halved, right? Yep. Six damage. Cool. I'll take it. I want to use my turn now. All right. I'm going to hit him with a staff <laughs> for a 10. That's actually a miss. Damn it. <laughs> uh, Finch. I'll just start to slowly uh, start walking towards him. Okay. Just like with a lot of cockiness. And just kind of slowly draw the bow back and get ready to. All right. So you're just taking what I believe is going to be the last uh, shot. You're taking steps forward and uh, slowly pulling an arrow. I'm ending this. Yes, is is what my body language is saying. No, dude, say it. I'm ending this. (laughs) Crit miss. It's a nineteen. That's a hit. Yes. Seventeen. You uh, release the arrow. And uh, your angle from coming up the hill and then his height, the arrow goes up through his chin and out the top of his head in like a diagonal for- like diagonal direction. It halts right there halfway through and he pauses for a second standing, hits his knees and then you see like the belly just kind of flop around and then he just hits his face into the dirt. I want to just slowly keep walking like it didn't even face me until I regroup with everyone until I get up there. Of course. Them.